0: The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is not in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, but where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Christ.
1: My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So there was a time when one of our four children, and I will not name names here to protect the innocent, used to use the word awkward a lot. If, for example, some slightly uncomfortable topic would come up at the dinner table over our conversation, he would say, awkward awkward. Or if he would find himself with just me and Amy uh, some evening at home by ourselves without the distraction of the other children around, he would say, well, this is awkward. And he would mean it. Uh, He genuinely felt uncomfortable with circumstances or situations that might require the possibility of genuine conversation or connection with other people, even people in his own family. Now, I was obviously not present in all of your homes earlier this evening uh, during the service when you made the sign of the cross with ashes on your foreheads and said the words, Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. But I'm going to guess that if we're all honest, all of us feel something a bit, yes, awkward about doing that. First, at a basic level, we're not accustomed to walking up to someone we know and love and putting ashes on their forehead. And second, we're not accustomed to looking into someone's eyes while we are putting ashes on their forehead and saying in so many words, remember that one day you will die. It is slightly odd, it is slightly weird, and it is without question slightly Awkward, or maybe another word for it, which perhaps explains why it is awkward, is that it is so intimate. In this act, the act of touching someone's forehead, the act of making the sign of the cross there, and the speaking and hearing of the words, Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return, there is something going on that is powerful and poignant and deeply moving, and something which is, therefore, by definition, intimate. And that intimacy can indeed feel uncomfortable and awkward. The same kind of dynamic, by the way, happens in other moments in our worship life. Certainly it happens in the sacraments. Uh, There is the same possibility for this intimate encounter, the pouring of the water and the anointing of oil, oil at baptisms, for example, or the giving of the wine and bread and the saying of those simple but powerful words, the body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. The laying on of hands at confirmation is another one of those moments, as are healing services or prayers for healing before or following a medical procedure. All of of them have the potential for deep connection, for touching something in us that is otherwise easy to ignore, easy to push to the side, or to not think about during a life that is so often filled with noisy distractions. Because moments like these can be so intimate and so powerful, and because we generally aren't used to moments like them, they can indeed be uncomfortable or awkward. And so a person might reasonably ask, why bother with them tonight? For example, on Ash Wednesday, why would we create a moment with the possibility for this kind of awkwardness? Why not structure our worship life to avoid it, to make us feel not awkward, but comfortable? And the main answer to that question is this. Here, in this place, we try to tell the truth. And while culturally we may not like to talk about difficult or uncomfortable topics like our death, for example, we feel a commitment here to try to be honest about who we are, about where we come from, about what God expects from us. And if part of that truth happens to be that we are limited, fallen creatures who will one day die, we simply can't avoid it or paper over it because doing so would be dishonest. And so, as I say, we try here in this place to speak the truth. Now, let's ask a further question. By being honest about the truth of our circumstances, by acknowledging and naming the fact that we will one day die, for example, do we gain anything? Do we benefit in some way beyond simply being able to say, well, at least we're being honest, at least we're not in denial about our circumstances? And I would like to propose tonight that by reminding us that we are mortal, that we will one day die. Ash Wednesday does, in fact, also give us a kind of gift. Being told that you are dust and to dust you shall return is a powerful reminder that there are limits to this life we're living, that it will one day end, and that therefore we don't have forever to do the work God invites us to do in this life, to love one another, to care for one another, to be present with and for one another. By reminding us that life is limited, in other words, Ash Wednesday also reminds us that life is a precious gift. And it's maybe not so bad to be reminded of that gift periodically. One way to think about the season of Lent is that it's a chance for us to sit with that reality, recognizing that God gives us a limited number of days in this life. We're confronted with the fundamental question... How do we make best use of this precious gift? As he was preparing to begin his public ministry, Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness, reflecting on questions like, what does it mean to be me? What is God asking of me? How is God inviting me to live my life? It's no coincidence that the period of Lent matches those 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness. And during these 40 days, we are invited, like Jesus, to reflect on and think about similar big questions. Who am I? What is it that God is asking of me? How can my gifts best be put to use for the sake of building up God's kingdom? What will I do with this one precious life that God has given me? The ashen cross on your forehead tonight brings all of those questions to a kind of point because that cross reminds us of our mortality, of the fact that life is transient and short and passing. Now, having said that, we mustn't forget that another cross was also marked on your forehead at your baptism that reminds you of your eternal destiny once this life is over. You have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ. And what's the last word? forever. And so ultimately, the journey of Lent and the journey of life itself ends at the empty tomb of Easter and the promise of the resurrection. But we aren't there quite yet. And so in the meantime, as a kind of benediction and prayer for us as we begin our Lenten journey this evening, as we reflect on what God asks of each of us during this brief life that God has given us, let me conclude with the words of a 19th century Swiss poet and thinker who captured the urgency of this precious gift of life beautifully in a few short words. Here's what he wrote. Life is short, and we do not have much time to gladden the hearts of those who make the journey with us. So be swift to love and make haste to be kind. And may I add, and the blessing of God who made you, who loves you and who travels with you, be with you now and forever. Amen.